Hey, Peppin. Yo, 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 yo. You know, I've been thinking a lot lately about the pyramids. The pyramids? Like, of Giza? Yeah, like all the pyramids from all over that one Egypt. Oh, we're talking like Illuminati now? Like, because the Illuminati is in Egypt, correct? I mean, they're everywhere. That's that's part of where they're at. But I was thinking more about like how people from space came and built them. Oh, that that's something you believe? Nate, we need to talk. Welcome back. So glad you guys could join us. I am here once again with my best friend, Nathan Pepin. How's it going today, Pepin? Yo, yo, I am doing well. And here, Meter, today, how are you? I'm doing great. Could be having a better hair day, but it's okay, because I got my Extra Life shirt on. Play games for kids. I mean, if we're being honest, part of the issue you have is you're comparing your hair to mine, which will never stack up, so there's mm -hmm. that. That's very fair. That's very fair. Um, but today we're talking about uh, aliens. We're talking about aliens today, Nate. Mm -hmm. So aliens are like a really weird subject. Uh, and I've thought a lot about them. Uh, but I, I feel like we're going to be on maybe two opposites, but similar ends to this. I don't really know where you stand, to be honest. We never really talked about aliens. I think it came up in one conversation there mm -hmm. we talked about god or something i don't yeah. know why but i don't think we've touched on it much beyond that uh, what are your general thoughts peter there's definitely aliens but i don't know that they've been to earth what makes you believe both those statements um i think with a, a proposed infinite earth or uh universe it's just a mathematical like it has to be the case that there's some other sort of life out there um and i don't i don't know that they've been here to earth especially not like building pyramids and stuff that just seems kind of kind of a bit far-fetched yeah so i think i am pretty much the same opinion as you so uh, we can discuss maybe what other people believe and kind of our takes on that but it's the argument kind of goes that if you take the size of the universe, the probability that life will kind of form is pretty high. In some sort of local area, let's like take the solar system, or, I mean, obviously, it's chance here is the solar system is like a one because there is life. But, you know, just take any given solar system or any given like uh, region of space, the chances of life forming there is very, very low. But if you take enough space the chances start becoming higher and higher it's like you know imagine you roll like a, a million set of die and you try to guess what number it is you know you chance you're going to get that uh right is very very low but if you roll enough times you're eventually going to get it right just because it's a mathematical probability so that's kind of the basic argument there and that's been an argument that a lot of scientists and uh philosophers have used as well to justify that you know aliens likely exist if we take everything to be serious with how 
we understand universe, such as you know the fact that if you look at the space far enough, you can actually these, see these uh, super clusters of galaxy like revolving around each other. Like the galaxy, the Milky Way galaxy is astronomical. We can't even like, imagine the size of it. I mean, can you imagine space? You know, the space between the Earth and the Sun, let alone that size. So you have these clusters of galaxies rotating or revolving around clusters of galaxies. So start getting that kind of territory. It it, it just seems like it would be likely. But uh, what would you say is the main opposition to that? When 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 people say life maybe does not exist outside Earth. Well, two things. First, I want to say that I know in high school there, the I think it was whatever the last year we did of, of science, because every year they changed what we did. They talked about aliens and they had us do two different mathematical formulas um, that ha one was proving that aliens don't exist and one was proving that aliens definitely do exist. Um, so it's very interesting that despite, you know, mathematical probability and all that, there was still a way to mathematically say, well, this math says that it's not the case. Um, so it, it's just interesting that scientists won't agree even and mathematicians even down to, well, it's a mathematical like the, it has to work out that way. But does it? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I think a lot of people's biggest opposition to um are there are there aliens is uh, man there's a lot of a, a lot of things to touch on on that um what do you define as an alien is a single cell organism on another planet an alien or does it need to have some sort of sentience um and do they have to have any sort of are we talking about just any alien in general or something comparable to us or more mm -hmm. advanced than us um and then finally what about jesus <laughs> is jesus an alien is that where we're going oh i i mean yes and <laughs> um more along the lines of i think a lot of people use religion to say there's not aliens uh -huh. Uh -huh. right right so one thing i want to touch on that you said is this idea of like suitability for the concept of alien because I guess just the question is, is there a life out there? Uh, number two, if there is something that is comparable to life, like what, what's the criterion, right? Because we can define life pretty easy here on Earth. But it's possible that if there's life on other planets or somewhere else, that it may not be at all like life here. And if that's the case, how can we determine if that's life or not? Like, uh, like for instance, we might get to the point with certain computer AI where it'll start to take on, say, a lifelike quality, but there's going to be like that uncanny valley, or it's going to be like that sort of metric we have to make to say, this is living. Same thing if it's some sort of creature that's unknown to us, like completely different, it evolved a whole different, through a whole different pathway, or maybe it's just different entirely. Maybe it's not done through, like, say, ordinary matter. I mean, that's unlikely, but, you know, who knows? If the universe is infinite, there could be, like, what a poss possible combinations we're not aware of. So if even there was life, would it even be, like, here? And if even if there was, you know, if it's not intelligent, doesn't matter, right? Because when people talk about there being life out there, it always, like, implies it's intelligent and that they'd kill us. 
but I feel like that's like another probability on a like a, another probability. You know what I mean? Like the chances that there's life out there. Okay, that that's pretty high, but the chance that life is intelligent is I think pretty low. I mean, mm. you, you are gonna like end up with that, but how intelligent? I mean, how intelligent are we? We can go to space and everything, but it, it could be maybe we're not intelligent, or maybe we're super intelligent compared to other stuff. So uh, I'll, I'll let you play off that for a second. Uh, quick shout out to Christopher Wall- Ball in chat. Super fan Chris Ball. Uh, what's shaking? To us, aliens, man. Aliens are shaking. Is, They're shaking down our well. solar system for all those space bucks. And we got to get on board with having some space bucks so that when they come here and hold us up for ransom, we can pay them off. I think, you know, maybe we are the aliens that will go to another planet first and visit them and have them be like of lower intelligence to us. And then we try and kill them all because that sounds like something we'd do. Uh, I don't know if we would kill them all. I think we'd do it unintentionally. But I, th- I think the minds that would be wanting to go to another planet, they would be more there for study and kind of gaining stuff. I mean, maybe they would kill them for like scientific research in the same way that we kill like rodents and like stuff like that. I mean, you say that and that might have used to have been the case, but the people who are now going to space are all looking to do so for financial gain. Mm-hmm. So if they like, let's say you found a really cool place. Like what have human what have humans done every time they've gone to a place that there's a another life form already there and they want it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just go in and they murder everybody. And then they say, We were oh look what we discovered. First life to be on this planet. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna disagree here a little bit. Uh and maybe it's gonna get more insidious the way I'm gonna you know frame this. Mm-hmm. So I think we go and murder things when those things are competitive rivals right Mm -hmm. where maybe there's some resource that we want and we will go and we take that resource through force because if if we don't we don't get access to that but i think there's a more modern approach and you know the previous approach was kind of taken out the previous approach was more like something that the cons would do uh king is con and all them so they would just like raid places and go to the next place vikings were doing that a lot i mean it's pretty common but then you have kind of the next step above that, which is more like you go to a place and you uh, start farming, right? So you, you don't kill everything that's there. Rather, you now domesticate it and you farm it and you try to get like profit. So essentially that thing is the resource in itself and you don't want to kill your resource in the same way you wouldn't like kill cows. Like we do want to kill cows, but we try to breed more cows to get more cows because the cows are the resource. So it, you're saying that British colonialism does not fall under the same idea as Genghis Khan, because I firmly disagree with you. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Come over, push people off their land, and when they don't want to move, you murder them. That's not farming farming Native Americans. That's Genghis Khaning them. So I, I don't think that is quite what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm talking more about, like, it, it, let's say there's like a colony, right? So like the British colonies, they used the existing population and they were trying to get taxes off them or resources, right? They're trying to utilize that population for like, say, a farming need, not trying to push them away. They weren't trying to occupy that area. I mean, they were trying to take control of it, but it's the same way that you might take control of, say, like a bunch of cows out in a field. You put fences around them and you start kind of controlling them and you start trying to breed them, get resources from them. 
it, it, it's kind of a different approach. I don't understand. Okay. How you how you're viewing it that way? That doesn't make much sense to me. I'm talking about the the natives who were already there on that land before the British even got there. Not the British who came there in the first place, and then the British were taxing the British. Okay, so I'm making an analogy about like cows and everything. Like I'm not trying to get too much into the political side. It, I, I I don't understand who's the cow in the situation. That's the problem. Uh, so okay, this is getting too complicated. This one, let's just move past this. Because <laughs> we're that gonna get... sounds like us. Make it too complicated and then just move past it. Well, because I, I, I feel like we're getting, I'm getting confused mm-hmm. and I don't really want to talk about politics. Okay. I didn't realize this was politics. Yeah. Well, because I, I don't know about the, the British too, too much. Like I know that there's been instances of like, it, like in my mind, there's a difference between say just going and killing everybody. Like what happened with the Native Americans. So that, that was a fear instance of like, say like Genghis Khan, you know, just going in pillaging and just kind of taking people. And then there's been other instances where it's not quite like that, and they instead keep the existing base population, and you know they they of course will kind of have it there a bit more, but it's not so much about say killing that population or kind of taking over that land. It's more about using that population to do things for you. Do you think alien cow milk is good? Oh, probably. Mm. So uh, the only thing I'm trying to say with this is that I I don't think they would kill all the aliens. I think they would use them like livestock. Or I think that's what we would do. You use them more for our benefit, and there'll probably be more aliens in the end than there were to begin with, because we just like breed the heck out of them. Hmm. So how far, oh, like how far away will we have to travel to find an alien? It, it could be within the solar system, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, if some people are to be believed, because there's some people will talk about like say uh, the the moons on Neptune or whatever, and how they're is enough water there and it potentially could be life. Mm-hmm. But I am very skeptical of that because I think a lot of what this is are scientists trying to get funding for their research projects. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Be- be- because I'll, I'll give an example here. This is not necessarily with aliens, but it's, it's like I used to read these uh, science websites that would give like headlines and almost every other headline was about a cure for cancer or a cure for some disease, right? And how it's great and it's going to solve everything. And almost every headline was like that about some massive thing. And I got really excited. And then like years later, I'd be like, none of this stuff actually exists, right? Like there was research done, but these headlines and the way they're portraying this is just a way to get more funding because they don't have funding for their research. And they have Mm. to talk it up like that because otherwise their their project's dead in the water. They're not going to get money. It's not to say that they're not good people that they're not trying to pass and not even that these projects may not be fruitful but it's unlikely they're as fruitful as they're kind of preparing to be because it's all about like their end and same with mm-hmm. sound scientists here like like they want to make people want to fund projects to go to neptune or to go to other places you know to fund this research into that because that's what their interest is and there is possibly a high gain to that but I do think it's a, like a huge conflict of interest. Like it's kind of like McDonald's making commercial and saying going to McDonald's because we're great. You know, this is this is something that's awesome. I mean, of course they're gonna say that, and of course these people are gonna say that because that's what their interest is. Number one, but number two, 
you know, that they believe that they have value there and they want to portray that value to you and they'll, they'll hype it up to make you to actually, you know, fund it. So what's the value in finding life on Neptune's moon? So I think there's two different things there. So there is at least locally. So the value, it, 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 this is where I think it's a little bit of a lie because they'll talk about life on Neptune's moon and stuff like that to get people excited about it. Because if that's what you think you're doing, by supporting these projects, you're gonna like support it more. But I, 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 so I, I think that's a slight lie because I think nobody really thinks they're gonna find life there. Like it's a possibility, right? But they're, they're probably not gonna find it. That's more about the research aspects, just going to the moon, collecting samples and seeing what it's like there, seeing the, the atmosphere. More of the basic rudimentary science, kind of like going to some like random part of the world and collecting soil self, uh, samples just to see what it's like. Stuff that people aren't as interested with. Now, if there was life on Neptune's moon, there could be a lot of interesting things there because you could actually study how that life exists, uh, what makes it up, and how it functions. You could see maybe if there's some sort of correlation between its DNA and our DNA, or if it has DNA, it's probably going to have some sort of DNA. But you could see the correlations there, and there might be stuff you can actually like utilize with it. Maybe you can create certain, uh, I don't know, thing, things that could actually help us. Maybe it has these certain properties, kind of like anything, right? You go to the Amazon, it might be some sort of microbe there that can cure cancer or cure some disease, kind of like penicillin did with uh, with antibiotics. Mm. But the most important question that everybody's asking is, what does it do for meter? What do you want it to do for you? Hmm. Um. I want a cotton candy like substance that tastes like lasagna <laughs> can it do that uh potentially <gasps> take my money <laughs> you do bring up a great point though like uh, how do you think that like like on the everyday how does searching for aliens or alien existence really change your everyday life mm -hmm. it doesn't yeah. yeah, most things don't change my everyday life. There's a scientist, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, who brings up some good points about like science in general. Like people <sighs> will look at quantum mechanics and say, you know, this is like airy fairy science stuff that has no impact in the real world. Like, what does it matter? You know, but you know, if you do a little bit of research, you find out that like your cell phone, any sort of computer, uses transistors, and transistors function only because we know about quantum mechanics. They, they have like this aspect where the electrons kind of go over a gap via quantum uh, entanglement or something like that. I don't think it's quantum entanglement, but they have these features and functions that we would know through quantum mechanics. So a lot of people are saying that obviously don't know like the full impact of the scientific research, but I, I, I think the claims that there would be these huge gains from aliens research and everything are a little bit a little bit hopeful it's possible just like it's possible you can go to some random soil and find some microbe that could change everything but it's it's unlikely mm. but i mean what what about super what about super smart aliens what about ufos that the government's hiding so what's your opinion on that i mean there hasn't the government like confirmed there's like ufo shit that I think was talked about within the last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's just been some big stories on that. And 
where it's a little bit confusing is the term UFO is very literal in this sense. Unidentified flying object. People will associate UFO with being alien, but it, it's not necessarily the, you know, the same. You can have an UFO, which is just some sort of weather balloon, you know, cliche example. Or it could just be a meter in the sky. It could be anything that you see in the sky, which is flying and un unidentified, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it, it could be a good number of things. The only thing that they know is that they, they seem to have good footage of it or good enough evidence that these things were real, certain metrics about it, and they don't know what it is. Mm. But if the government doesn't can't pinpoint what it is, like if it's a weather balloon, they should be able to see what it is pretty easily, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't mean, the government say they were aliens? No. Didn't say they were aliens. Hmm. I don't think so. I think they did. I, I think they said they were unidentified flying objects. Hold on, I'm gonna Google while we talk about this. And I, I believe that the story was that they like the properties of these things were outside of what we could really uh, believe or produce so, because some object was flying faster than you know we could actually, actually ever fly or something like that. It, like it had certain aspects that are a little bit unbelievable. Government UFO report won't rule out visitors from space. UFOs are being taken very seriously by the U.S. government. Mm -hmm. Wow, those are well-phrased titles. Yep. And, and part of my skepticism with this is, of course, nothing can be ruled out, right? If there's enough evidence for, evidence for something or if there's enough reason to believe it, sure, we can go with it, right? Uh, like, my opinion on this is not, is not uh, set in stone. But I think my problem is the fact just that the U.S. government says this does not mean it's valid or it doesn't rule it out because number one they're probably clickbait number two there's plenty of people who are studying like this stuff in from outer space who believe you know aliens could exist there right mm -hmm. and just because they're scientists or just because they're these sort of people doesn't mean they are fully rational on this point like they might have like a higher aim and they might want to find it right it's, it's, it's it, it doesn't necessarily lend credence to it because to put it this way, if there's someone who believed UFOs existed, they got like a degree because they just started studying in school, got a job in the government, rose to the ranks, you know, that person will be saying it, even if, you know, there's not like extreme evidence for it. Like, I mean, it's, it's ultimately people is what I'm trying to say. Like, mm. there, there is an air of authority there. It does make it more likely, you know, as, as per like Bayesian probability, but it, it doesn't mean it's guaranteed. Mm. Would you be scared if aliens came? I don't know what I would do. Kind of depends on what they'd be like. Mm -hmm. Which uh, is, of course, leads to the most important question that everyone's asking right now. And that's, would you fuck it? Hmm. You know that's the number one question. So I guess the main aspect to consider is what do they look like? And what would they feel like too? What do you want them to feel like? Because here's here's the thing: it's like maybe they look terrible, but then someone does it, and they tell you it feels like it feels like another world, right? Mm -hmm. They get cliche there. You might be like, okay, that's kind of dumb, but then someone tells you it's like imagine a squid and an octopus, 
but mm-hmm. also like a can of beavers. Like it might just make you curious enough to like partake. Mm-hmm. So you're saying you need somebody to sell it to you? I think so. So mm-hmm. someone who's been there, done it, and just just has life experience from it. What if the what if the what if they're really hot? Well, yeah, obvious, yes. Okay, so what if the boys are really hot too? Will you will you go gay? Uh, well, see, he, he, here's the thing though. If they're aliens, uh huh. Like, how do we know they're gonna have like a male female sort of thing? Like, well, like, I'm saying they do. Okay, I mean, sure. If, if they're really hot, sure. Nice. I, I, I don't really know if it would be like a sexuality thing though. Yeah. If they were like this human looking, then I think that application of the words would be like uh, useful if they're like very humanoid. But if they weren't, you know, you know, like, you know, what, what does gender even mean in that context? Yeah. What does gender even mean in any context? Mm-hmm. So if aliens came down, the first thing you'd do is try and fuck it. <laughs> and then what? <laughs> then what would you do? So I think communication is the biggest thing, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and uh, how would you try to communicate to them first? English. <laughs> That's the one I know. <laughs> I-, I would probably try using pictures. Yeah. That'd what be- about telepathy? Uh, well, I haven't learned that yet. I know. That's why I said English. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, pictures. I-, I think it's likely that if aliens come to us, they'll probably know enough to communicate with us. Because mm-hmm. if they can arrive here, yeah. But well, th- I don't know. What if if we could we could in theory arrive at a planet? Like let's say we just launch somebody at a random angle out into space and they landed on a planet, right? Mm-hmm. It, we have the technology to land on a populated planet. That doesn't necessarily mean that that person would be able to communicate with the alien. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. I think they would do enough research. Cause I think we would do research too, right? Because we would like study it from afar. But m- maybe, maybe it depends on how like uh, how prepared they were. Also, like I guess it depends on what they're doing too. Because you could have aliens that are like you know somehow they can see through like what planet to visit, and maybe they have some sort of faster than light sort of travel. That way they can get there. Like, because the problem is, let's say there's alien life, like say a hundred million light years away, right? Mm-hmm. And you see that life there somehow because you have very, very good technology. You're like, okay, let's go travel that way. I mean, 100 million years, that life might be dead by the time you get there. Mm -hmm. So might be dead when you saw it in the first place. That's true, too. What if, okay, so what if they come to us and they're alive and so you would use pictures? Mm -hmm. What would you, what would the first thing you're trying to say to them be? What pictures would you use? Uh, I would probably try to give a story of humanity. Uh, Something real basic. Like uh, something you might see like on a caveman drawing or something. I think it'd be the basic sort of stuff. Like I don't know what to do. You know, like me, human, this, you know, maybe show some of the stuff we do and how we reproduce and how we communicate and everything. Mm. Uh, I don't think it'd be too, too much different from imagine you found somebody who was like Aboriginal, like just isolated from society and you bring them into society, probably something similar that way. If they couldn't speak the language. Mm -hmm. 
I would definitely not start by telling the history of humanity. That seems like a very bad idea. Mm-hmm. Anytime I think about um, like communicating with with an alien and like what you would want to talk about, I feel like it's it's like trying to get across an idea, um, and part of that would be like getting across like what the intention there is, and I feel like a good way to think about that would be like with music. And at least like what music would do to us. So let's say you go to a planet, right? And they can't, you can't speak their language. And they start like, they play music to try to like explain or get across the point of like what their intentions are or what they're about. And they're telling the history of humanity. That would just be like a war theme for like 2000 years. It'd be... I feel like it would just be very aggressive um, in that regard. So the concern there would be like telling the history of humanity would kind of get across the wrong point because our history is very much about like pushing forward uh, and, you know, what we might consider overcoming a lot of adversity and issues, but I would probably consider just being very aggressive. Mm -hmm. And that might not be the message we want to get across. Mm Mm-hmm. Hmm. I mean, you, you bring up a great point and maybe I should say like the, the, the four-year-old history of humanity, like the, the feel good, happy one, but maybe I mean more like, uh, the history of you as a human, right? Like I'm thinking more like, you know, we grow up, we're small like this, you know, we're babies, big heads. So the life cycle. Yeah. The life cycle. Okay. Like the history of a human, I suppose, which is is varied, but you can grab these certain things outside of that, and maybe you could talk about how humans used to live and how they live now. And I'm I'm maybe this is me being like uh I don't know annoying, but I I feel like if there was an alien life form, they would have the same sort of terrible backstory that we would too, especially if they're traveling far far away. No, why? So my reasoning for this is just uh, from Darwinian selection because nature is brutal because it's all about capturing resources at the expense of others, you know, to propagate your genes. And there's an argument that Richard Dawkins made, which is that if there is alien life out there, that they would have arrived through, like, say, uh, natural selection sort of thing. It, it Maybe they hit a point where they could go outside of natural selection, which humans are kind of doing right now. Like, we, we, we kind of are but aren't fighting about resources it's more like the intellectual space in some ways right now so so there could be some sort of thing there but i think they would have arrived through their dominance and power or whatever might be that they have like that 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 level they are through some sort of violent means you could say or some sort of forceful means through taking through pillagings through exploitation And, and again maybe to move beyond that but i think that's giving me the same story for them just because earth came to be just because the survival of the fittest on earth was through violent means whoever had the best teeth and claws and and eventually whoever had the greatest intellect to be able to to utilize tools and and i think now the brain is really the the big difference maker that's made humans better is it not possible that a a planet could have uh grown 
based on complete symbiosis and complete like the the things that survived were the things that worked together the best and the things that worked within its own e- ecosystem the best and therefore it was not advantageous to kill and destroy but rather to work together and build i can see a, a planet where that's a possibility i don't think that's likely just for genetic reasons so again this is just assuming that uh the species would be uh coming forth through darwinian evolution there's a there's a problem called like what was it called evolutionary stability so essentially you have imagine you have a like a a population and then there's like a one that will okay maybe it's a population of monkeys let's say and so there's one sect of that population where let's say they will groom each other and they will say pick off bugs and then there's another one where they will get big bugs picked off but they won't pick off bugs on others and then there's another where it will only do it when it reciprocates so you talk about like these three different say uh, phenotypes so let's say these are tied to genes the way it kind of plays out is if you have a bunch of angels who will just pick bugs off and you know th- they can actually cooperate with each other that's a evolutionally stable because if they pick bugs off people then they'll have people pick bugs off them and then that can kind of feed itself but as soon as you get say one say one individual that will have genes that will kind of just like not pick bugs off others that individual now has an extreme advantage that's going to cause some sort of evolutionary advantage in general and then that gene is going to spread throughout the society and then it's going to throw off the stability so now you start getting more you know uh say devils let's say or more takers and then you kind of get some sort of weird equilibrium so, so what ends up happening in this sort of dynamic is you start getting more of a of, of it, it can go one way or the other but a lot of times you get say a reciprocity sort of thing like primates have but you might have other species where there's no reciprocity like it's just kind of like you just don't do anything with each other right you don't have that social interaction you're, you're all just kind of devils it's very selfish so i i think just my main claim here is that a population of angels is unlikely to exist because it's not very stable because the advantage given to one by not following that angel strategy is very very high no no Uh, i well i think that you just have a a confirmation bias there where you're using examples from earth and i'm talking about a alien race that where that i'm not able to propose uh you know here's the scenario where this would work i'm saying that i can imagine that in the universe there could be like just i don't think it's necessary that any alien society or whatever alien race will have grown up just like our planet Mm-hmm. I think that that's not necessarily necessary, that that's not a, a definitive thing. Um, and I think, I just think it's kind of, uh, we have a bias here where this is the only way we've ever seen life work. So this is how life works. But I think that's the whole point of thinking about aliens is trying to think about ways that things could work outside of what we currently already know. Mm-hmm. 
like I could maybe agree with your argument if it's like many generations beyond, right? So I I think the starting point has to be brutal, right? Because it's starting from Adams, right? Right? Adams can't have uh, like that sort of like sense of cooperation or anything, like 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 they're lifeless. And maybe as you get to a certain point, there's that inflection. Like maybe you could like hypothesize that after a certain point, humanity or whatever takes after humanity would get to that kind of point of cooperation. And you can also argue maybe it's some point of some points of cooperation even within current species on Earth, because like you know the the idea here is that uh, our multicellular life was actually single cellular at one point. And then these different cells, they ended up cooperating at a point where they actually created multicellular. So like uh, ribosomes and um, DNA and uh, mitochondria, they were actually separate things at some point. I'm getting this slightly wrong, but they actually just started hanging out together. And eventually it just kind of became one thing, which is why like the, when you, there's actually some material, some stuff you pass on, which is actually not genetic, but it's actually something else because that was originally a different species. So I, I, I agree with you. It, it's possible at some point, but I just don't think it's there to, to begin with. But then again, my imagine, imagination may not be good enough for this. Mm. I guess I'm thinking more, you know, not obviously at an atomical level where there's no thought, but that it's an evolution that's based on brain power mm-hmm. and it that's based on empathy rather than being based on um, ability to, to overcome the the lack of resources or um it was just a lot of you know the ability to out out survive those around you um it's more of a an an empathy and brain based thing i don't think the brain became like the biggest difference maker in on earth for a very long time uh and i think that could have been uh intelligence could have developed faster than you know teeth and claws do did here on earth i see so so the idea is that i i mean with earth the fact that intelligence happened to be a very well selected trait at least for the last couple thousand years is just mm-hmm. happenstance mm-hmm. uh and the approach has been more kind of like you're saying teeth and claws like you know this this kind of force but if we started with another species where maybe it took more of an intelligence type approach to begin with mm-hmm that species could have a totally different, say, evolutionary path because if that, say, if that, what do you call it, the uh, the, the founding species, you know, that, that initial thing, if that started off with that approach or, you know, started developing that approach to begin with, maybe all the paths beyond that would be completely different and completely unlike what we see in Earth. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the, uh, the opposite is, of course, possible as well, that intelligence never becomes... Uh, we go to a planet and intelligence never became and instead what we end up seeing is like these absurdly dominant single like terrifying all claws and teeth creature um, that it just murders without without cause mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's more likely just because we take any random sample from earth and that's what we get Mm-hmm. And it j- just that's kind of the way I think natural selection goes. But uh, I, I do think that you have made me think a little bit more about this because maybe initial starting point is is good. And also just to clarify for listeners, uh, intelligence 
isn't necessarily a superior trait in evolution. It's superior for certain things, but it's not like some end-all be-all. It's not something that's better than the other thing. It, it's all context-specific. Intelligence actually might be terrible in a lot of different scenarios, which is why most creatures on Earth don't have intelligence. It happened to be, you know, useful during this one period in, say, the history of Earth, but it's not likely to be, you know, superior in all instances. You know, in other instances, maybe it's a sort of fight or fight, like it's like a fight sort of mentality or maybe a defensive sort of thing. Mm. Oh, the ultimate defensive species. We would definitely bring them to Earth and use them in war. Uh, I'm just imagining like giant crabs. Yeah. Like, like, like not the ones in the sea, but the ones like on your pubes. Are crabs aliens? Uh, kind of. I, I mean, this is, this is kind of like a, a side here, but I, I watch like a lot of like nature documentaries and stuff like that. And you start looking at some of these animals that are on earth and they're all pretty much aliens. Like as far as I'm concerned, like the stuff that you're familiar with is stuff you consider just like, oh yeah, that's from Earth, that's natural. But then you start learning about like jellyfish, like really, like jellyfish do seem a little bit normal. But then you start learning like how they reproduce. Like for people who don't know, like jellyfish come from like a type of sea enemy. So like there's like sea enemy, which is kind of like that thing in Finding Nemo. And so it's just kind of stuck there. And then what it does, it kind of releases like these spore-like things. These spore-like things, uh, you can imagine like a sea anemone, but looking upside down, like those like uh, little tentacle type things or bristles, they start becoming like the the jellyfish kind of stinger things, and then this kind of just start going around and they get bigger, and then they become jellyfish, and then eventually you know they might uh, settle down and uh, release their spores or whatever and kind of attach back to the sea basin, but it's kind of how jellyfish works, and it's really fucked up, like it's really interesting, but it's not very natural or it's not a natural way of seeing things it's very alien to me mm. don't slugs shoot darts uh yep yep uh and slugs are also kind of weird too i mean not all species but uh, there's certain ones maybe it's snails so they're hermaphroditic uh there's no male or female sex there uh but essentially you, you know they'll fight each other and then essentially uh they'll kind of shoot like a stinger or inject their penis or whatever you want to say into the other you, you know they'll fight whoever wins will do that and essentially the way it kind of works is that uh the, the one that loses becomes the female you know and then the one that wins becomes the male and the one that loses has to pay the penalty of carrying the baby which costs resources and time and everything like that so there's a weird sort of like thing which is very it's a very alien sort of thing that no, nothing like that exists in like an everyday life that we think but it's it's there it's just not must not feud and so many other creatures and animals like that like ants for instance i do want to go back to something you said you'd have sex with an alien if they were hot enough mm -hmm. you said you don't care what gender it is as long as they're hot does that apply to humans too if there was a really hot dude not sure yeah i mean what are you gonna do awesome uh, well so it's it's on the likely right so so this is uh -huh. this is like a little uh, bit of a is a, it a gripe i have with something because i talked to this girl a, a little while back and she was talking about like guys or something and she's like oh i'm not interested in this guy because he's not my type you know he's, he's got blonde hair and i'm into brown hair guys yeah and it's like 
well, what if you see like a blonde haired guy that's just like really like this attracts you, right? And you're just like, yeah, let's go for it. Yeah. It's the exception that makes the rule. Right, right. I mean, you, you have to be open to that possibility, right? Uh, th- there's mm-hmm. a post on Reddit I read where it's like that there's uh, a, a woman who identified as being lesbian and she had only dated women her entire life and she met this one guy and she married him eventually. Right. Uh-huh. And she's like, I'm not attracted to any men except for this one guy. And I don't really get it. It doesn't really make sense to me. But, you know, like mm-hmm. he's the only guy I actually find attractive. So I, I think it's possible that could exist. It's mm-hmm. unlikely. But I think if you approach it seriously, it's always that possibility. So sexuality is a spectrum. Uh, yeah, to some degree. I, I, I think it's primarily binary in most people. But that's like 80%. It, it, you know, it's it's like a Pareto distribution. Like, there's always going to be some portion of anything which is going to be very binary or typical. But then you start getting to the other percentage there, and starts getting uh, more complex. And maybe there's more complexities on the you know, binary side as well. But I don't think things are as as uh, straightforward as people think. Mm-hmm. Which it seems like the all of humanity is slowly starting to come around to that. Except for those who are like so absurdly against even considering the possibility of of something other than what they think is true from their own biases that they're not even willing to to consider anything. And I think that's kind of true of the the thought of like life on other planets as well. That a lot of people don't even want to consider the idea that it's possible that there are other creatures out there who might be even smarter than us or. Uh, more dangerous than us or more not dangerous than us or way hotter mm-hmm. <laughs> way hotter mm-hmm. I think one idea I think about a lot is just how things can be structured differently with other life forms because like humans like we have like the very individualistic sort of thing take other species like ants and the best way to think of like an ant is I mean ants are weird in so many different ways. So you have the individual nature, right? But an ant could be seen kind of more as like a, a larger organism spread through many individual ants, which it's not entirely true because they have slightly different genetics and everything. But they, they almost act like as if they're a single organism, and that's because they're very related and certain evolutionary pressures that kind of cause them to act towards that way. And then you get into certain concepts of like hive minds with science fiction, but there's going to be many configurations of, say, individuals that we can't really understand or comprehend. Like we, we can kind of pr- maybe come up with some stuff. Like the hive mind idea is very is very out there. We could talk about maybe distributed systems and computer AI that could be very interesting because maybe there's part of the brain here, part over here, and all these different areas. But like, what's unimaginable for us to contemplate is just just how other life could exist differently than us and how that could just be so interesting. Mm. So elves are of great interest to the scientific community. Elves? Yeah. Alien. I'd like to fuck, obviously. Ah, I, I like that. That's a, that's good. Hold on. Elf.com. <laughs> Click here to buy. Uh, go daddy. <laughs> Hold on a second. This is important. Elf.com. Elf. 
Uh, it's thirty five thousand dollars if I want to buy it right now. Um, I'll... plus plus eighteen ninety nine a year. <laughs> uh, but elfnow.com. <laughs> oh boy, I'll I contribute really... about ten dollars to that. Elfhub.com. There it is. <laughs> I like how that's one of the top five results. Elf Pro, Elf Hub. This is good. Elf. Elfcity.com. Sorry. Okay. We can get back to <laughs> Elf.life. $2. For those who don't know, Meter has an obsession with domain names. Mm-hmm. Like he thinks of any good domain name and he will buy it just in case. Yeah, that was, that's a really good domain name. I blame Justin McElroy for that, okay? He does the same thing live on his podcast. <laughs> but elf.com is a very good one. Someone buy someone give me $35,000 plus 18.99 a year, please. Uh we can do like a Kickstarter. Okay. Uh, now the question is, if you buy a domain name, are you going to start populating a website with lots of alien porn? Yes. Anybody outside the U.S., so that'd be Dito Angel would be alien porn if she comes here illegally. Okay. Nice. Nice. And that's it. <laughs> and I'm gonna char- I'm gonna charge you eighteen ninety nine a year to visit the site, <laughs> and it pays for itself. Uh, so on the topic of alien porn, there was a a video I watched from a YouTuber called uh, Sitsnaps, yeah. and she's the one that I talked about before. She does like hentai reviews. And stuff mm-hmm. like that. It, it's hilarious. I mean, just just watch her stuff because she's like so funny. But uh, she did this one review for like a video game that's like a hentai sort of thing. And there's lots of aliens, sex, and weird stuff going on. And yeah. it's just like I, I I can't relate to that too much. Like you start getting like interspecies or like uh, inter alien sort of stuff. It's kind of like what's going on with this. But you make a great point though. What if the alien was super hot? Yeah, and like, what about uh, the idea of spreading your genes to, like, you know how it's good to have sex with people who are very not related to you? Like, the further unrelated, the better? Uh, sure, okay. Yeah, it's good for your genes, because then you don't get bad things happening. Okay, Uh, but that doesn't... Think about, think about aliens... I mean, I appreciate where you're going with this, but that doesn't quite work because we probably couldn't reproduce with aliens. Yeah, but what if we could? <laughs> you got to try, Nate. You can't just say, what if we could? <laughs> but you got to try. You got to try, right? I just, it's science. Fucker for science, Nate. So it's it's just a matter of like a scientific experiment. Like, yeah, this is for science. And we'll videotape it for science and sell copies. This is like that. Uh, back on uh, there's a forum called Face Punch. There was a article that someone found from like a scientific paper or whatever. But the scientist she like uh, decided to uh, live in a tank with a dolphin for some reason, just to, like study their behavior or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she was in the tank for a while, and then she started getting like a. Uh, very romantically attached to the dolphin and eventually she let it copulate with her and mm-hmm. she described it like from a very scientific point of view and 
it, it's the most cringy, funniest thing to read. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know there were dolphin people. Uh, it, it, well, we've actually seen them like in person, but you never guess because for whatever reason, the human genes are dominant. Yeah. Oh, that was what that South Park episode was about. Oh, fuck. That South Park episode is crazy. So human aliens, they would have legal rights on both planets, right? That's how that works. Okay. Yeah. They'd be an American citizen, mm-hmm. but also a citizen. Okay. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Would they be a built-in ambassador for peace between worlds? I mean, I don't want peace. I want destruction. Only destruction. I want to wake up in the morning, smell bread, burning slightly, like it's toast. Is bread what you named the baby? Uh, well, the baby's name is actually uh, Historia Mustang. Oh, that's a great name. Yep. This is a baby that's um, part Pepin, part fire alien. <laughs> fire alien. Uh-huh. I feel like we can't end this podcast. <laughs> oh, no, I was head, I was working towards it. Okay, okay, I'll let you go. <laughs> so fire aliens. <laughs> fire aliens. <laughs> they're from a fi- they're from the fire planet um Mars. Okay. A different Mars though. All Mars right. 2. Science ran out of names for planets. So mm-hmm. they named one Mars 2. Okay, Mars 2. And um would it so 50% human, 50% alien? Is that how genetics works? Well, see, we're assuming that the alien genetics don't have some sort of like a parasite-like aspect to them. Oh. Because either they... So we have like one or two things here. We could have like the alien genetics kind of like a, like a wrapper around the humans, right? Like maybe it kind of hangs on, gives you some extra abilities, but it's like your, your human genes, but then just with an alien stuff like in you too right it's kind of two separate things more symbiotic alien fashion alien fashion think about it they got fashion we ain't even seen yet <laughs> you think they would wear clothes because i i don't i don't know if they would i'm mean, actually they probably would because as soon as you start like collecting stuff you just like want to put on your body don't you yeah alien adam definitely ate that ate that apple alien apple yeah it's like got shame like i got paper around this place like i just have lots of paper sometimes it's like sticking on my body for no reason same with like <laughs> bottle caps like you know just just put it places right Nate, we need to talk <laughs>